time. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you. We praise you for those that have come out on this morning. Thank you, O oh Lord God, that you will lead us and guide us in the way that you will have us to go. Thank you, Father God, that you will help the people and their emotions to receive what it is that you have for us on today. Thank you, Lord God, for giving them wisdom and direction. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. 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 Come on up, around. You can come on up now for me. So, because I know you're going to jump in any moment. Okay. So, let me give a a particular, uh, let me move this out the way for you. Let me give you a, a couple of uh, rules. I shouldn't say rules, but atti- attitude adjustment. Um, because uh, this particular series is extremely, y'all see I'm fooling with this thing. Let's put it here. <laughs> I, uh, it's extremely eye-opening, and if you are not careful, you can go into depression on this. You know, the scripture says the truth makes you free. Sometimes it may not make you feel good. The truth can actually make you angry. It can make you sad. If you're not careful, the truth can throw you into depression for a moment. But sometimes that's the first feeling. But the result is that it makes you free. When you are free, you feel good. Okay. And so uh, so it's something I'm going to bring out. This this is going to make you dive into your past. We're going to go here and I'm going to take you all the way down to the pit of hell for a moment. (laughs) But then by the time we get to the end, we'll come out. So uh, there is uh, because it's very, very serious. So, you know, um, we'll look at Second Corinthians, chapter seven, verse eight through 11. And uh, we'll bounce back and forth between the New American Standard Bible and uh, King James. So Second Corinthians seven, eight through 11, it says, uh, for though I let me move to the side in case you all can't see this, because both my wife and I are standing up here. For though I caused you to sorrow by my letter, I do not regret it. Though I did regret it, for I see that the letter caused you sorrow, though only for a while. I now rejoice, not that you were made sorrowful, but that you were made sorrowful to the point of repentance. For you were made sorrowful according to the will of God, so that you might not suffer loss in anything through us. Anything that God tells you, even if you don't like it, is for the purpose of you not losing out. God is not a loser, therefore no instruction he ever gives you will cause you to lose. For the sorrow that is according to the will of God produces a repentance without regret, leading to salvation. That word salvation means prosperity in every single area of your life. But the sorrow of the world always produces death. For behold, what earnestness this very thing, this godly sorrow has produced in you. What vindication of yourselves, what indignation, what fear, what longing, what zeal, what avenging of wrong and everything you demonstrated yourselves to be innocent in this matter. I brought that scripture out because uh, here Paul was in a similar situation that I am in and that he was sharing certain things that made the people really feel bad. And he said, I kind of feel sorry about you feeling bad, but in a way I don't. He said, because godly sorrow is different than worldly sorrow. Worldly sorrow puts you into depression and you may not ever recover. And it always the end result is death. When it comes to godly sorrow, you will feel sorry about what you did. But because of the nature of God and the spirit of God, there's something that will be behind that that will bring restoration. And when your eyes open, how many know we could all be raggedy? How many have ever done something? See, they're going to be slow today. Don't don't act a fool on me this morning. I will. Okay, you know, how many of y'all know good and well that y'all have been raggedy? (laughs) Sitting up here. Okay. So and how many of you. When you realized you had been raggedy, sometimes you felt bad about it. Okay. And so we have all done that. We have all been there. And so, but the, but the thing is, is that with, with, with godly repentance, 
your eyes open up to how you have been. And how many know, sometimes you could have been that way for five, ten years, and you're like, I can't believe I've been this raggedy for five, ten years. Okay? And then your eyes open up, and then what happens is the Spirit of God will give you what we call the spirit of revenge. In other words, the only reason why you did that is that it's because of demonic influence. It's because of the darkness in this world. And when you realize that you were manipulated into behaving a particular way, then the spirit of God says, we were going to we're going to give you revenge. And so now this zeal kicks in. I remember when I rededicated my life to the Lord and uh, I can't remember what year it was. Ninety three. Yeah, it was ninety three. I should know these things. Okay, Ninety three. And I remember I remember I couldn't believe I had been. I just I just couldn't believe what I had been doing. I just couldn't believe it. You know, I was a. You know, everybody has different vices and different things. Like, I was a nightclub man. I mean, I was a nightclub person. I mean, it was bad because people would be calling me Monday clock in the afternoon asking where the party was at. I mean, I was, at one point, I was in a nightclub six days a week, you know. And one time I went on Sunday, but I thought it was going to burn up, so, because that was the Lord's <laughs> Day. You know, you do the Lord's Day. So I didn't go back on Sunday again. I went to UBQ Cabaret, okay. <laughs> so, you know, and so... uh but I remember when I rededicated my life to the Lord, and it was like at that moment I realized that I had been deceived for the last few years of my life. And I just remember the zeal. Zeal is putting forth 100% energy to catch up with what was lost. And, um, and, and we've all been there. And, and I just remember just praying. I remember seeking God. I remember reading the Bible every day like it was the last day I would have a Bible. And I just remember catching up, just catching up with time. And I did catch up with time. You know, you can always catch up with what was lost. Okay, uh, Depending on how lost you are, it may take you a little bit longer. But God gives you the ability to jump hurdles, jump time, uh, jump miles. You don't go from with, with, the, with, with, man, with God, you don't go from mile one, mile two, mile three, mile four. With God, to the degree that you obey him, you jump miles. You go from mile one to mile ten, mile ten to mile thirty. Mile 30 to mile 500, depending on what you do. Your level of word time, how long you spend time praying in tongues will, will determine if you go from mile 1 to mile 10 or from mile 1 to mile 500. Okay? Uh, yeah, it's crazy. You know, then you got dudes like, you know, I know I mentioned him a lot, but find somebody that makes you feel like you're not doing anything because they pull you up really fast. Bishop Oedipo, 50,000 seat sanctuary inside, 250,000 seating overflow outside, four services a Sunday, all four of them full. The church does a seven-day fast and adds 90,000 people to the church in one month, all brand-new converts, okay? So that's what you call mile jumping, <laughs> okay? One member didn't come in next week and say, I'm ready. No, 80,000 people show up in a month, okay? So I said all that to say that there are going to be some very serious things that we share this morning. This is just the introduction. The introduction alone is going to blow you away. After the introduction, we're going Deep, hard, we're not holding back. This is not even triple X. This is another level of X right here. Okay, and so I'm scared about what she's going to say because she's going harder than I do sometimes. Okay, so y'all ready? Yes, sir. No, you're not. Amen. All right. All right, so uh, the main theme of what we're talking about, as you know, the title of this is called Seduction, Sex, Soul Ties. And I should have added a fourth one. It should be entitled Seduction, Sex, Soul Ties, and Transference of Spirits. Uh, that's actually the four things that we're going to talk about. Uh, the main theme is soul ties because the other three are what produce soul ties. Soul ties don't produce seduction. It does not produce sex and it does not produce transference of spirits. Seduction produces soul ties. Sex produces soul ties and transfer of spirits uh, produces uh, uh, soul ties. 
And so let me give you the definition of that and then we'll jump into this. Uh, first thing is, is that we are a tripart being. You are a spirit. You live in a physical body and you possess a soul. OK, so remember that spirit, soul, body. OK, that's why Paul said, I pray that your whole spirit, soul and body be preserved blameless. OK, so you are a tripart being. You are a spiritual being that never sleeps and you never die. This body stop. What we call physical death just simply means that the machine that you live in stops working. The heart stops beating. And then, boom, we call that death. But really, the real you will always be alive. Any of you remember, ever experienced what they call soul sleep? Your body was sleep, but you were aware of what was going on in around the room. And you were trying to wake yourself up. Any of you ever experienced that before? OK, I have. Maybe some of you haven't, but it's called soul sleep, where your body fell asleep, but your spirit, man, is so attentive at that moment. You're asleep on the couch, and you can hear your kids walking throughout the room. You can hear what is being said, and it's because the real you never sleeps, because the real you is made in the image of God. And, and the Bible says that God never sleeps nor slumbers. Okay. So your spirit, you live in a physical body, which is a house. That's why racism is so stupid. It's just simply a house that's a particular color, and you possess a soul. The soul is the mind, the will. And the emotions. Unfortunately, most of us make decisions from those three. You're supposed to be making decisions from your spirit. When you make decisions from your spirit, you have to only obey what you see. Okay, the Lord uses me with revelation knowledge. With my wife, he uses her greatly with uh, vision. Where, you know, like for example, you know, a couple of days ago, she couldn't find something for my son, pants, for my son. And she, and the Lord gave her a vision. It's like, you see without seeing it's hard to explain but you just in here you see it and 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 the lord kept showing her what was it coles no blue old navy showed her old navy because she was trying to find these pants for my son and she couldn't and the lord just showed her old navy she'll see it in block letters old navy so she went to old navy and came back with everything holy spirit i mean the holy spirit is given to us not to be religious and irking and jerking all that it's given to you he's given to you for you to advance in every single minute detail of your life Okay, so just remember that. So spirit, soul, and body. Mind, will, and emotions are the soul. Now, here's one definition of soul tie. My wife gave, may give another one, and then we'll get to the nitty-gritty. A soul tie is the knitting together of two souls <clears throat> that can either bring tremendous blessing in a godly relationship or tremendous destruction when made in the wrong relationship. It is a strong bond between two people in the realm of the soul. Okay? And I think, my, did you want to read your definition right quick? Another <clears throat> definition of soul tie can be described as a spiritual connection between two people who have been physically intimate with each other or who have had an intense emotional or spiritual association or relationship. I'll read it again. A spiritual connection between two people who have been physically intimate with each other or who have had an intense emotional or spiritual association with or relationship. At one time, an affair could be described as two people who slept together. Nowadays, it can be described as, some, as two people who have been emotionally involved with one another. It's called an emotional affair. It's so intense that when there is this tearing away and you break the relationship off, it feels like pain because of the intensity of the emotion and there was no physical contact. So you can have a soul tie via physical contact or non-physical contact. So that's the basic definition of soul ties. You'll understand it as we go through. Now, we get ready to roll through quick definitions of what we mean by seduction, sex, 
transfer of spirits, and we are also going to talk about, y'all familiar with the term called soulmates, where this this one individual that is only for you, we're going to discuss that uh, also in this series. We're just opening this up. Each one of these will be given minute uh, uh, explanations, definitions, you know, etc. So, seduction, sex, and transfer of the spirits are what causes the soul tie. Under seduction, um, seduction has to do with beauty. Anything that looks good to you has the ability to draw you in. Um, now, the problem is that we are trained to see things based on how they look and not how they are. Uh, how many of you, it looked good, but after a while, you're like, this is the devil. And it could have been a man. It could have been a woman. Okay, It could have been a, a business transaction. It could have been, you know, I mean, all the way down to ladies. You've been here before. You go to the mall. And that dress looked good on the rack. It even looked good when you tried it on in the back. But after you wore it one time, you couldn't believe that you actually bought this ugly thing. It looked terrible. And that's why that's why patience is so important, because uh, things are never as they seem. I said this old evangelist used to say all that glitters isn't gold. Every shut eye ain't closed and every goodbye ain't gone. Okay, that's evangelist talk for you. Okay. So, but we're trained to look at the beginning and not the end. How many of you know that if you knew it was going to end up this way, you would have never even started? I'm being really nice today, y'all, but it's not going to last too long. It's not going to be nice, okay? So, and then we look at the exterior and not the interior, okay? Especially when it comes to relationships, okay? Um, uh, typically, men are moved more, more by what they see. Women are moved more by what they experience and what they hear. Um, um, that's why I can't understand. Never mind. Um, <laughs> okay. So, but it'll look good, but because you move too fast, okay, you went according to the exterior and not the interior. And it is always the interior that'll make you happy, not the exterior. Okay. Always. So that's seduction. Things that are beautiful have the ability to draw you in. And always remember this beauty is in the eye of the beholder. As my friend used to say, you can look like boo-boo on a stick and somebody is going to think that you are attractive. Okay, and so when someone sees you as attractive, seduction kicks in and they will be drawn towards you. And it can't just be you. It can be you the way that you look physically. It can be the way that you talk. There are some people that they, uh, ladies, they can hear a, uh, a guy's voice and their knees buckle. Okay, some, you know, uh, well, I don't want to use too many examples rolling through my mind now. It can be your financial situation that looks beautiful to someone and that's seductive. So they want to be a part of you. They get close to you because they want to find out more about your finances because they don't have it and they want what you have. It can be your time. You can have a whole lot of time. This person doesn't have any time. So they take your time and steal it from you. Okay, and and these things work the same way as the same thread. I'll give you an example. You can see someone that's beautiful. Okay, seduction kicks in, you have sex with them, and then after a while you realize this is not the person for me, they are not good for me, and then you try to break it, and then emotional problems start. Arguments, all those different type of things. Well, that same principle and thread is true when it comes to anything. Somebody can see how much money you have, and it becomes attractive to them, so, um, so they get next to you, and then what happens is you start giving them your money the same way you gave somebody your body. You give them your money. Whenever you give somebody money, it is the equivalent of sex. It's an intimate transaction. Transaction. Most people don't know this. It's a thread. Everything is the same thing. Okay. So you, when, once you start giving somebody money, it's an intimate transaction, and it is the equivalent. It's the same force behind it as sex. 
And so what happens is, how many of you, how many of you, we've all been here. You've all, most of us have been the giver, and almost all of us have been the beggar. How many of you, you kept giving money to somebody, and then after a while, you realized you were being used? The same, pimped. Okay. Same way you gave your body to somebody, and then you realized you were being used. Same way you can give your money, and then when you stop trying to give the sex, then it produces a problem. You stop giving the individual the money, it becomes a problem. You stop giving them your time, and it becomes a problem. And that's what we mean by seduction, sex, soul ties. There's some type of attraction, some type of seducing that goes forth, then there's some type of intimacy that goes forth, and then when you, because of the intimacy, you then try to get out of it, and now the soul tie's there, now you gotta break the soul tie. One of the, one of the quickest counseling sessions I ever did, she'll remember this, a young girl came to see me, reminded me a little bit of my wife, and she came in because she said, I've been dating this guy for six years. And uh, after six years, I was like, you know, is this relationship moving forward or is it going anywhere? And, and, he, and he said uh, he didn't know I was, if I was the one. And, and she happened to be my last counseling session for the day. I did just like this with my Bible because we didn't have iPads back then. <laughs> well, I'm going home early today. That's what I said right in front of her. I said, this ain't no counseling session. I'm going home to a happy home tonight with my wife. I said, all you got to do is one thing. You've been with this man for six years. Yes. He doesn't know if if you're the one. Yes. I didn't even need to ask no questions. Stop giving him sex. Because ain't no man in his right mind. (laughs) Got to leave that out there for a second. Going to be with a woman for six years and he not getting none. She stopped giving him sex. Well, she should have been giving him in the first place. She stopped giving him sex. Man was gone in two weeks. She was being used two weeks with her for six years. Wow, he didn't love her. He was using her. Selfishness can always seem like love when your mind is darkened. And like I told, I'm sorry, I don't let you speak. I told my wife, we had a conversation one time. Okay, now, beauty is in the hot door. I think my wife is super fine, wonderful. Okay, but if something ever happened to her where she lost her legs or she lost her body, whatever, I'm not going nowhere. Because I love her. I'm not I'm using her. She said, I'm a good woman. <laughs> I'm not using her for her body. We have a real relationship. That's love. Okay? And there's a difference. I'm going to throw this out here. And remember, everything that we say is general terms. Sometimes, ladies, if you're trying to keep yourself pure and a man keeps trying to have sex with you, you are a conquest to him. Men, if you're trying to keep yourself pure, because I get more men calling me trying to keep themselves pure and the ladies trying to take them down. Men, if you're trying to keep yourself pure, seriously, okay, then it can be a trap. What are you about to say? Go ahead. I'm sorry. So he mentioned seduction from a physical uh, beauty point of view, but there's also seduction when it comes to the flattery of your words. Because women know we can put it on. Wow, you look really nice today. I really, I really like your cologne. You look really sharp. You've been working out? Wow. I like those muscles in there. <laughs> no, look, wait, here's another one. Hey, Pastor Turnbull, that was a great word you preached today. Man, my soul was just so enlightened, and I feel so inspired by all your wonderful words and your deep revelation. Okay, so you know that's an easy way to draw a man in. You're speaking all the things to his ego that he likes to hear. Men have big egos. Why? Because God designed them that way. So ladies, it's not a bad thing. They're supposed to be that way because they're called to be the head of the home. So wise, if we're doing our parts, we can speak words of life to our husbands and build these men up to where they think they're Superman. 
Even if you, even if it is by faith, speak it anyway. Speak it until it comes to pass. But you have to speak right words, right? Right words give life. A wise woman builds her house. A foolish woman tears her house down. A wise woman builds her house. And so if you are speaking those right words and speaking life, then the seducing spirit that comes along to try to get your man saying how fine he is, how awesome he is, how wise he is, how smart he is, how great his body looks, how wonderful. When she comes along, then he won't be so easily persuaded by that. And it might tickle his ears for a moment, or he might completely reject it. And I've had a few ladies come up in here trying their best. And I don't ever go back to the Detroit days. I don't do that because I, I don't need to do that. It's, ne- it's never even a temptation. It's never a temptation for my husband because he recognizes it. He sees it. And one lady in particular, I remember her coming to tell him about you're going to be bigger than T.D. Jakes and you're going to be bigger than, you know, Creflo Dollar. and More powerful than Juanita Bynum. And- more powerful than Juanita. I mean, just you're going to just be this, that, and the other. Oh, okay. We already knew this. So why are you here telling him this? Because she was looking for a way to get in. She was looking for an avenue, a way to get in. It's like, well, he's a man of God, so I may not be able to come in here with my little short dress or whatever other tactics we use in the world. And look at his wife, look at his family. So I can't do that, but I can flatter him with my words. I can come and open up his mind so when he's at home, he's thinking about me because of all the wonderful things that I said to him that he's probably not getting or couldn't or maybe not getting. So that's very important, wives, in a way that we can protect our husbands because seducing spirits are out here and they're in many forms and fashion. Let me give you an ex- I'm going to use her example because, because she, she, and we, we don't get it a whole lot, but, but you know, and sometimes... Sometimes we, I, we, I usually don't get, uh, I very rarely get women that are trying to seduce me away from my wife because once they see that, they're like, well, I don't think I'll have a chance. You know? <laughs> so, um, but I do get ones that try to seduce you in regards to trying to find a way to get in um, because this same young lady, you know, show you, let me show you how powerful the seducing spirit is. If you move too fast, you get duped. And when she did all of this stuff over me, I was riding home from this location. I was riding home on the freeway, and I was like, Lord, you know, y'all ask, ask God questions. Right. Ask him a question. Yeah. I was riding home, and I was like, what is up with this lady? And then this is exactly what the Lord said. He said, to show you what spirit she is of, he said, why would I send one servant to give a message to another servant by comparing him to a bunch of other of my servants when in the scripture I said, don't compare yourselves one to another because it's not wise. And that's how I realized, oh, okay, she has a seducing spirit. And so when that didn't work, because I mean, she just landed on me. I mean, she was blinking her eyes and everything, you know, trying to look all sexy and everything. And, and, and you know, I guess she thought I was going to be like, oh, hallelujah. Oh, blah, 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 and fall out on the ground. And uh, no, nah, I was just sitting there like, okay, whatever. Because I'm not, I mean, and then, granted, I mean, I definitely receive words that people give. I just, I'm just not moved by it. So when that didn't work, next week it came. You know, what the Lord told me. And me and my wife are standing right here. Because first time she did it was just me. Second time, my wife and I were standing here. And in the service, she said, the Lord told me three things. I'm supposed to, you're supposed to put me on your board. I started looking at my wife like, you're supposed to put me on your ministerial staff. And I'm supposed to be traveling with y'all everywhere y'all go. You ain't going nowhere with me and my husband. And I was nope. like, <laughs> nowhere. I was like, you're supposed to be traveling with us. I didn't even know we were going anywhere. It was just, you know, so when my wife said, really, I just walked away. I said, I let her have this. So, but, but, but once again, see, 
to the degree that you are unhealthy, seducing spirits will always get you. And the main thing that is causing these, I just had a situation that I tried to lock down in the spirit where this young girl is 16. I don't want to use that example. Okay, but the, the number one way in which men and women trick girls into being kidnapped into prostitution is by seducing them. They don't come and say, hey, I got a proposition for you. What they do is they talk about how good they look. And a lot of these girls, they have never been told that a day in their life because their father wasn't there. If he was there, he wasn't there. You look so good. And they just keep feeding it and they start buying them. They, they, they take them and get the hair done and do this, do this and do this and do this. And what they do is they create a soul tie to the individual. And then when the soul tie is created, now your emotions are in this man. And now you will do whatever he says so much so that you are now being used and you know it, but you refuse to leave. You'll take the girls off the street, put them in jail, put them in a home and they'll run back to that guy because it's a soul tie. OK, so that's we're doing a whole session on seduction. So we just opening this up. Y'all pulling us in deeper. Third, second one, sex. Everybody say it. Sex. They don't like to say that in the church because they think they're going to burn up. Most preachers don't talk about sex because they're not getting none. I'm just being honest with you. You ain't going to talk about what you ain't having. You know, if the relationship between the leader and his wife is not right, he is not about to say nothing. Not a thing. Because everything she's talking about, the wife is going to be looking like, well, what you been doing? Okay, so I can talk about it. <laughs> oh, thank God. Okay, let me keep on going. Now, this is very important. All of this it just has to open up soul ties. There is one thing that most have never been told. I was never told. I had to learn this. Sex has never been physical. It just seems that way. God created sex to not be body to body. It was created and engineered to be being to being. And when you have sex with someone, how many of you know that physical fluids are transferred? You have never been told that when you have sex with someone, physical fluids are transferred, emotional fluids are transferred, and spiritual fluids are transferred. And the system was designed because God designed the system based on perfection, not based on mistakes. So the system was designed. Every blood vessel, every organ, every nerve, your mind, your emotions, your will, your whole being was designed by God to only have sex with one individual. So because it was designed that way, the first individual you have sex with, your whole system tries to bind itself to them, spirit, soul and body like glue, because it was designed that way. So this would explain why this would explain why there are people who get married and they go on with their lives and they can't seem to let go of that first love quote unquote the one the first person they had sex with is what they consider their first love and they've gotten married and had a family and they just can't seem to let go in their minds because the first person that you were supposed to have sex with was your spouse you were supposed to be bound together, to cleave together, to be knitted together, to be soul tied together spiritually, emotionally. And unfortunately, that's not what happens. And so you go on and you do marry someone, but you seem to have this other individual in the back of your mind. And you tell yourself, I will never love anyone like I've loved my first love. I will always love this man. I will 
always love this woman. And because of you speaking those words out of your mouth, you're making a vow in your own heart that you will never be another individual, including your spouse, that you will love like you love that first person. And that's not the way it's supposed to be. So we'll show you how to undo those things you've spoken over yourself, those vows and commitments you've made in your heart. And if you have a picture of them, you need to go home right now and burn it. All pictures, cards, letters, notes, All get that. rid of them. I'll burn them because whoever you are married to right now is your spouse. And anything, any attachments from previous, to, I, had to, I had to learn this. Uh, and I first learned it when the Lord showed me the pic- picture of this white minister. And when she showed me the picture, I, I just glanced at the picture and I said, oh, that's a homosexual. She said, how do you know that? And I said, I don't know. I just know. And then I asked the Lord, how did I know that? He said, because still images also carry the live presence of the real individual. And, and it's so much. That's why the Hosea 4, 6 says that my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Not a lack of going to church, not even lack of praying the word, as important as that is. You got to do that every day. He said, my people are destroyed because of what they do not know. There is a shallowness in the body of Christ mainstream where we almost have the mentality of slaves. Everything is, won't God do it? You know, every, I'm so tired of hearing about message. Hold on. God is getting ready to turn it around. Y'all been saying that for the last 30 years. Hold on, let me hear that. He getting ready to do it. He getting ready to open up a door. He getting ready to take it high. It's always what God is getting ready to do. God ain't getting ready to do nothing. He has already done everything he is ever going to do. We are the ones that slow. God is fast. Okay. What was I saying? <laughs> getting mad at these crazy preachers. Anyway, what was I saying? Oh, yeah, pictures. What were you saying? Because <laughs> what I was saying was that what you said. About the first love. And, and you said go ahead. Oh, yeah. So get rid of the pictures. Because, because having the picture in your household of the first love and you married to a second love is the equivalent of that person being in your house. What? It is. I mean, it's, see, there are, see, watch this. There are reasons why. You rarely can see a real marriage that really works. Okay, old school marriages, they stay together to be together because of the vows that they took. Wonderful. And that's what you're supposed to do. I'm not trying to be with her and I don't like her. Okay, you can love somebody and not like them. You can like somebody and not love them. And and one of the things that we don't realize is that we have always and and, and most of us and not all of us have done these things. So you can't feel bad. You have to feel bad at man. I wish I hadn't done that. But we did it because of ignorance. And then some of us did it and we knew what we were doing and just did it anyway. Okay, but but the thing that we never realize is that these physical things that we do, we are not physical beings. We are spiritual beings. You know, you can't even commit a crime without leaving evidence. Okay. I mean, there's a lot of stuff the Holy Spirit had to teach me about this, about live presence. Why do you think? Let me show you. Let me show you how the invisible works. Stefan and I are in jail. Right. And and what we do is we leave our clothes behind and change into something else. And Stefan and I will leave the jail and we can be 20 miles deep into the woods. All they got to do is go get a dog who has the ability to sense the invisible. Because everywhere you go, you leave a trail. The dog sniffs the scent in the jail and then we're 20 miles away and the dog follows the invisible trail that humans can't sense or see and locates you exactly where you are. That proves no matter what you do or no matter where you go, you leave a presence behind. It's a thumbprint. 
And when now that's just you imagine having business transactions and relationships and friends who come into your presence and then intimacy. That's the highest level. So now whoever you have sex with, they leave a thumbprint on you. And the thumbprint is a live presence. Sometimes it will be broken automatically as you mature in the things of God. Spend time in the word, spend time in prayer. So reason for these things. It's not for the purpose of looking deep. It's for the purposes of giving you power. Sometimes they will break. They're like rubber bands. As you grow mature, uh, as you mature, you stay in the things of God. Spend time in prayer. Spend time in work. Practice living holy. These things will automatically break. Some of them are so strong you have to have somebody else that will break them for you. Okay? But that's what happens is, is with, these, with, these, with these things is that with sex. And then let me give you this last example before we move on. This is another example. This is literally how it is. I have a million dollars and I'm single. Okay? I have a million dollars and I'm single. And I'm supposed to save that million dollars so that the woman that I marry can be a partaker of all of my money. Okay? What I do though is, is that I meet this girl and I give her $10,000. Then I meet this other girl and I give her $50,000. Then six months later, I meet this other girl, I give her 70 grand. Then I meet this other girl that I thought was the one and I give her 100 grand. What I do is I keep passing my money out and then five years later, I run into my wife and I got $10,000 left. She cannot partake of what I originally had because I was giving it away to other people that it didn't belong to. And that's how sexy is, okay? A hundred percent of your emotions were supposed to be given to a hundred percent of another man. And what happens is with sexual partners, you keep slicing off a piece of the pot and giving it to other individuals so that when you do meet the right one, now there's nothing left. Yet, all of that can be restored. So we're not trying to depress you. We show, you can't really help people until you show them where you got. How did you get here? Okay. But 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 that's the wonderful thing. That's why the scripture says all things are possible. Do you know that you can be a single individual and you've been sleeping around for the last 20 years? And yet there is a restorative process where God will literally restore you 100 percent. And when you get to that point, you'll actually be a virgin again. Now, now people you, will say that doesn't on. work, but you won't be getting your hymen back, but you will be clean and you will be pure. I mean, as, as my husband would say, the driven snow. So there's the physiological part, that won't be returned. But spiritually speaking, the Lord will see you clean and holy and pure. And you can meet a great man. In fact, the woman who wrote Every Woman's Battle, her name is Shannon Etheridge. The Lord gave her a husband who was a virgin. And I believe she had over, it was either over 20 partners or over 50 partners when she married the man. He was a virgin, and she had been with several men prior to them getting married but the Lord did give her someone gave her desires of her heart and made her pure and clean and holy again even though she had had these experiences prior to getting married and what I meant by that is is that there's a process it's it's spending time in the word getting filled with the Holy Ghost praying in tongues and God will begin to restore we'll go look at scriptures at that at the end he will restore you and he will restore you to such a place that see when you are a virgin, you feel a particular way and you think a particular way in your body, your mind and your spirit. When you are not, you think differently. And God, what God does is he restores you to the place where you will forget that you actually had sex with somebody before because your mind, your soul, your spirit and your body will be restored back 100 percent. The same way that you can have a brand new car, you get into a car accident. You take it to a shop, and what do they do? They restore the car back to 100%, and nobody can tell you ever got in an accident. Okay, so we're not trying to sell you that 
you know, trying to get you to lose hope. But we have to explain these things. So if you're having sex right now, you're not married. What's the word? Stop. Stop. Let's try this again. If you're having sex right now, you're not married. What's the word? Stop. Let's try this one more time. Let's do it like the old Baptist preachers. If you're having sex right now, you're not married. Stop. <laughs> stop. Okay. People say, I can't stop. Mm-hmm, like I told y'all before. If, there was, if, if, if God had engineered into the program that you got AIDS the moment you have sex with somebody you're not married to, how many of all of us be purely pure? You get married and still be having second thoughts. Okay? Do stuff because you want to do it. It's like one of our relatives went to that picnic. Oh, you knew I was a reverend. Reverend, we got, I just let you know, man, I, I ain't trying to be disrespectful, but I can't stop cussing. You know, that's just how I am. This is what I do. Whole picnic went on pause. I just listened to him and everything. <laughs> they put the potato salad down, stopped cooking the ribs. He's going in front of the whole picnic. Talk about he can't stop cussing. And my simple reply was, not a scripture. I said, sir, if I handcuff you to Mike Tyson and he bust you in your mouth every time you cuss, you would stop cussing. He didn't have no answer to that. He thought I was about to hit them with the Holy Scriptures. It's time for that. Jesus didn't do all that all the time. He hit you with common sense. Okay, so that's sex. I don't know how many sessions we're going to spend on sex. But, but, uh, but then you have to introduce this, which is called transference of spirits, which happens in other interactions also, but particularly with sex. Transference of spirits is you have sex with someone and whatever is on them spiritually now becomes it comes on you spiritually because you came became one with him. Let me give you a small example before he goes on. I mean, you can be having a great day, feeling good, really happy, inspired. And you then talk to someone who's depressed or who's really down that day. Then all of a sudden, when that conversation is done, you're like, man, I feel depressed. I feel down. Man, they have transferred what was on them onto you. Now, they feel great. And you're like, man, I feel upset. I just feel like I want to cry and go eat a bag of potato chips and a big tub of ice cream because now you, they've transferred their depression to you. Yeah, and that can be the case of, let's say that you've you got to be careful in every single area. You can be an individual that you're really trying to get in shape. You're trying to eat healthy. You're trying to build yourself up in that particular area. But you have a friend that basically has the spirit of gluttony. And when you hang out with that friend, okay, they ain't thinking about eating no salad. They're not thinking about nothing green, orange. Just bring me some meat, okay? And they just eat, 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 eat. And next thing you know, when you go home or when you're at the restaurant, okay, their spirit draws you into what they're doing. You're like, you know what? I'm taking a break today. Bring me the whole pie. I'm not eating no salad today. This is called transfers of spirits, but it gets deeper. There's two, two ways, that tra- and actually three, two major ways transference of spirits happens. One Transference of spirits is the spirit of a man operating in another man. Okay, you see hints of it in scripture. Elijah, with a J, had a servant named Elisha, with an S. And it said Elisha, with an S, spent so much time with Elijah, with a J, that when Elijah left the planet, everybody said about Elisha, the spirit of Elijah rest on him. See another hint in scripture. When Jesus said that, uh, he said that the spirit of Elijah, the spirit and power of Elijah would be in John the Baptist. Okay, transference of spirit is it is the spirit of one man operating in another man. This is the one of the reasons why when married couples get married, how many notice that most married couples start looking like each other? Because their spirits are merged and, and, and it's, 
it's the spirit of her working in him and the spirit of him working in her so much so that it affects the physical body. Okay? And so then there's another one which is very, very terrible. This usually can come about through sex is that you have sex with an individual and because you become any person you have sex with, you become one with them, not physically, one spiritually, physically and emotionally. And because you become one, whatever is on them has a right to follow you now for the rest of your life. So if this person has a demonic spirit on them, you have sex with them and whatever spirit, demonic spirits are not just, just, oh, scary stuff, gargoyle, Freddy Krueger and Jason, all that type of stuff. These things are seductive. They never want you to know for their entire life that they are with you on your shoulder. So you can have sex with somebody and let's say that they have a seductive spirit on them. You have a sex with them. When you have sex with them, that seductive spirit now comes up on you and it drives you to start having sexual partners. Example that I used yesterday was it was a girl. She had sex with a man one time. And this man was not a homosexual. He was heterosexual, but he had a threesome with two girls that were lesbians. So well, that's a spirit. Spirit of homosexuality came upon him. And then he had sex with this girl one time, even though she was heterosexual. She had sex with this man one time. After she had sex with him one time, she could not get having sex, intimate relations with another woman off her mind. So right after that, she became a lesbian. Three years. She had never had a lesbian thought in her life. Why? Okay. It was spiritual. Okay. Homosexuality, fornication, adultery, uh, whatever, all this goofy, they got so much goofy stuff right here that I can't even keep up. Okay. Uh, homosexuality, lesbianism, um, bestiality, pedophile, all that type of stuff. Um, it's all spiritual. Okay. If you watch porno, you are creating a soul tie to porno. If you are a man that likes to see multiple women, you are the closest to being a homosexual because it's the spirit, not the physical. Okay. All of these things. We le- see, the physical is the seductive part. But you don't know the internal makeup and nature of it, because if you saw the most finest woman in the world, I mean, this girl made Eve look like a bat. I mean, this girl is. Oh, my God, you faint. Oh, I got to go. This woman is so fine. Oh, my goodness. All of that would go out the window if you had the ability to see that on the inside she had AIDS. If you had the ability to see her inside. It wouldn't, man, I don't care. She, all of a sudden, that fine became really, really ugly. Real ugly. Why? Because you have the ability to see the inside. And that's the purpose for staying sex-free until you get married so that it gives you the ability to see the inside. A lot of people would have never married the person that they married had they known. I don't want to say, I don't want to go into that again. Okay, if I don't get no fights up in here. Okay, so, and, and then, remember what I told you. I'm going to rehearse this again so we can go forward. Because... Because we're going to talk about all of these things. Okay. Once again, who are, God designed the system in such a way that you were only supposed to have sex with one individual in your life. Because he designed the system that way, the body was programmed that, okay, God programmed us to only have sex with one individual. So as soon as we have sex with that individual, we're going to bind our soul to them, bind our spirit to them, and bind them ourselves to them physically. There'll be an exchange of fluids physically, an exchange of fluids emotionally, there'll be exchange of fluids spiritually. The system was designed that way. And so, which is unfortunate because most homosexual men were, are that way because they were molested. Why do you think a man can be raped one time and after that one experience, he thinks he's gay? It's because that, that, that it's a, the Bible calls it confusion but the intimacy was, 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 tried to, it was, it was trying to be forced in a perverted way. And that one experience now creates a soul tie to a man. And then they can't break it. 
Some break it on their own, they fight against it, and then it breaks us like a rubber band. Others, but that's why that happens, you know. And so, uh, you know, it's very much, you know, it's a bunch of craziness going on here. So and that's also how people can get a soul tied to an animal. I personally could never, ever conceive if I was high on marijuana, dope, molly, all of the drugs at the same time. If I was an alcoholic and you shut half my brain off, I can't see Mary and Bessie the cow. But there's some people, the same feeling I get when I'm with this girl is the same feeling that this guy gets when he with Bessie the cow. Straight perversion. Just perversion. That ain't even perversion. That's something else. That's, that's. Okay, so. So those are the examples. So we're going to walk through, finish this opening up. Because each one of these, we're going to do sessions on these. And, and once again, we're also going to talk about um, soulmates. Uh, with that, we will give more of a general point of view. We used to never believe in it. Now we do. But um, we, we just share some things with you. There, are, there isn't a particular individual that God has for you, um, but it doesn't mean that there's just one. You know, to the degree of what your destiny entails will determine what type of individual. I had to have her, this type of woman, because of what I'm called to do. I don't need nobody crazy. Okay. And, uh, you know, never mind. I'm about to say some stuff this First Samuel chapter 18. You good? So, because once again, you know, I don't share anything unless I can prove it scripturally. Now, there are some people, I don't believe in soul ties because it doesn't say that in the Bible. <clears throat> the word bestiality is not in the Bible either. It is? Oh, I'm sorry. Wouldn't matter if it was or not. I'm still, never mind. Okay. But the word, how many of you know the word rapture is not in the Bible? But the concept is right there. Words change over time, but their meanings are still the same. Okay. And so, uh, so we're going to show you the word soul ties not in the Bible, but the principle is there clearly. First Samuel chapter 18, verse one through four. This is an example of a soul tie through friendships. It says, now it came about when he had finished speaking to Saul, that the soul of Jonathan was knit to the soul of David. And Jonathan loved him as himself. Saul took him that day and did not let him return to his father's house. Then Jonathan made a covenant with David because he loved him as himself. Jonathan stripped himself of the robe that was on him, gave it to David with his armor, including his sword, his bow and his belt. That word, when it says that the soul of Jonathan was knit to the soul of David, it means to bind or tie together. Okay, so his mind, his will and emotions was tied to this man. Now, Holy Spirit made it extremely clear for me to clear this up in the beginning. I wouldn't have said anything if he hadn't brought it to my attention because you have individuals that are in the homosexual lifestyle. What they do is they scour the scripture looking for proof that it's okay to operate in that lifestyle. So they'll come across the scripture and say, see, here's one right here. It says that Jonathan's soul was knit to David and that he loved him, took off all his clothes and he gave it to him. I'm telling you, that's how they try to stretch stuff. Okay, the example, so the Lord rebuked me about that. Then he said, but the example that I want you to give, which I was surprised. Y'all, let me say this. God is extremely spiritual, extremely spiritual. Okay, but he may not always give you a scriptural example. Okay. He, he must be trying to get her to come in or something. Tell him to close the door. <laughs> um, how many I remember bad boys? Will Smith and Martin Lawrence. Okay. This is this exact scenario. That's what you call a soul tie through friendships. Okay. Martin Lawrence and Will Smith 
They would ride down the street, bad, bad boys for life. We ride or die. How many remember in the second movie when, when Martin Lawrence came up with this idea that he wanted to leave Will Smith alone and get a different partner? Y'all remember that? And you remember Will Smith couldn't take it? Okay, why? It was a soul tie through friendships. Wasn't nothing perverted about it. You see it no different than new police officers who worked together for 10 years. One of them gets shot on the job and the other one can't function for six years. It's a soul tie that is created through friendships. Who you spend time, we're going to talk about a session on that. Who your friends are, who you spend time with as a friend will always create a soul tie. This is the reason why you, is, you really, I'm stretching it. You really, you really can't be friends with somebody that's the opposite sex that's around the same age as you. Because the reason why you, if her and I, her and I are around the same age, I'm not even going to look at y'all in all this. People, when people get a revelation, they start shuffling their feet and, and all that type of stuff and, and all that. It cracked me up. Her and, see, watch this. If I have no, no, this goes two ways. If I have no physical attraction for her, and she has no physical attraction for me. The physical attraction, attraction will eventually come with one of us because the reason why we spend time together is because we like each other emotionally. We enjoy how we feel when we're together. Which, I enjoy being in his on, presence. Which means that there was an attraction there. It was an emotional attraction. And once that starts, it will then turn and to a physical attraction. Go ahead, I'm sorry. Then he could tell me, hey, let's just go hang out as friends. Just the two of us, let's go hang out. I think that's really dangerous. I think it'd be better if in a group setting because it's just one person can be drawn in. So we go hang out, we go to the movies, we have a good time. And man, I come home, I'm thinking about him. And that was great. And he smelled good and he looked good and he's so nice. And we had so much fun. And next time, you want to go out to dinner? Yeah, I'm not doing anything. No, I'm not doing anything. Let's go hang out. Let's go have some food. Then we go out and we laugh. He's telling me about his goals and his life and his aspirations. And I'm being drawn in, right? He doesn't want me at all. He's got things on his mind, but I'm being drawn in. We're spending this one-on-one time together. We're enjoying each other. I'm being fed emotionally. Where I'm empty, I'm now being fulfilled. So now I'm falling for this guy. I'm even thinking he might be the one. And he's not even seeing me that way. Or even, I mean, no, I mean, nothing. And here I'm thinking, this might be the guy for me. This might be my husband. And he's like, girl, please, I'm just hanging out. <laughs> and ladies, you got to protect yourself. I mean, you got to really, really, this is more of an issue with ladies. Um, and you have to really protect yourself because, you know, I mean, you tell a guy, hey, you know, let's go, let's go to the concert. This is how he's thinking. Okay, well, you paying and you driving? Okay, cool. Sure. Let's, yeah, we can, <laughs> bam, let's, boom. And he's sitting there enjoying the concert. But the woman is like, but see... This could be my baby daddy. Get over here right here, boy. She <laughs> watched you do that. Okay? But, but women, you have to be very careful. Be, be very careful because women are moved by the experience. Okay? So she's sitting there, and it's romantic. You know, uh, you know the guy's sitting there enjoying the music, but the woman is sitting there with a man. It's romantic. The music makes her feel a particular way. She's with a guy... He's nice. It just makes her feel like she's on a date, etc. And so what happens is, is that you'll do that. And now when the guy doesn't do this the second time or the third time, you get mad at him like he's like your man. And he's not. Always remember this, y'all. The only person that you ever owe anything to is, is your spouse. Not your boyfriend. Not your girlfriend. Nobody. You only owe, there are, you have zero obligations to anybody except for 
a spouse because you can be you can be with somebody. Okay, I mean you see this a lot. Well, I don't want to use that example. I'll save that for later when we actually do the session. So you got to be very very careful who you hang out with as a friend. Okay, men. I know that no the ladies are not gonna really appreciate this, but I'm sure that I or my wife are going to share something that the men are not gonna appreciate. Okay, we got to keep it real. Men, when a woman wants to take you out. I don't care what she says. I don't care if when y'all go out, she look like Farmer Jack. She got on a bean sack with a straw hat. I don't care. She has on no makeup. You have to carry the attitude of this woman is interested in me for some type of reason. And that's the reason why we're going out. That's the only way that you can protect yourself, because rarely has that not happened. For years, I've been dealing with that. And then, lady, y'all get mad at me and all that type of stuff. I'm just saying, because you how many of you? And this is not everybody. How many of you fell for somebody by accident? You fell for somebody by accident. You had this person you wasn't thinking about you. God and a devil would make up for you to go out with this individual. <laughs> you went out with that individual. Sometimes it might have been somebody on a job. You just spent too much time at their desk. And next thing you know, you're thinking about, you know, I don't have nowhere to go tonight. And you think about the individual at the, at the desk. I mean, it's you have to govern yourself. Our emotions are extremely fickle. And that's the biggest problem, y'all, is people make decisions according to their feelings. And your feelings are usually going to get you in trouble almost 100 percent of the time. You have to make decisions based on logic, not feelings. Feelings can mess you up. So you got to be careful that when it comes to friends. Now, he mentioned about women falling for men and having that emotional attachment, and everything. But men can also fall for women. But again, it's more the appearance. I would get to work every morning. The security guy was out there. Security guy was out there. I'm, good morning, good morning. I'm just sashaying in, smiling and being from Good morning. When I leave for work that night, have a good evening. See you tomorrow. Day in, day out, day in, day out. Never went to lunch with this man. Never had a conversation with the man. Never spent time with the man. Did not give the man my phone number. Did not go on a date with the man. The man asked, could he take a picture with me? No. I don't know what you're going to do with the picture. And I didn't say no rudely. I just said, no, I don't think that would be a good idea. But he wanted to take a picture with me. So lo and behold, out of the blue, the man brings me gifts. So during the course of me coming in every morning and going home every night, and I'm smiling, I'm friendly, I'm happy, he's being drawn into me. He has now become fixated on me. And he's looking forward to me coming. So he brings me these gifts. I open the box. This brother then went and bought a keychain, one side with his name on it. <laughs> Flip it over, you see my name on the keychain. <laughs> and I had to really just maintain my composure, like, oh, oh, this is really, this is really lovely. Oh, wow, you know what? You bought, you went to the mall and bought this for me. Okay, so I'm looking at the other things in the box and everything, and I said, okay, well, I really appreciate it. You know, thank you, but I'm sorry, I cannot accept your gift. I'm not taking this man's gifts into my home. I don't know what he has spoken over him, what he didn't done to him. I'm definitely let you take my picture and take that home and tell everybody I'm your woman, your girlfriend, or whatever, your next wife. I don't know, but no. So, so that was the one situation. Then that was, that was the guy on the job. Then I had a guy at my church. I mean, this guy was so spooky. I went and told the assistant pastor, get this dude, because he just frightened yeah, he me. he was serial. I mean, he, he just like a stalker. And he was just fixed, again, I did not go on a date with this guy. Did not give him my phone number. I'm just being friendly, being nice. Now, of course, maybe I was a little naive back then, a little bit. 
Um, I don't know, it's my personality. I want people to feel special and feel nice. And I'm jipper, as my husband was saying, bubbly. But this guy was like, maybe this is the one. She could be, she could be my wife. Went and bought me gifts. I told him I couldn't accept the gifts. And he just would not, he would not take no for an answer. I'm all for being, being pursued. Pursue me. That's great. You're the hunter. I'm on, I want to be caught. But not by you. So I had to go tell the assistant pastor to get this dude because he is really making me nervous. I don't know what he might do in the parking lot. So I, I had, early on in our marriage, we had to have a conversation. I had to, I had to sit down with her and explain to her about her personality. Some of us have uh, more stronger personalities. Um, some of us have uh, more inviting personalities. Sometimes it's based on what you're called to do. Where I'm the type of individual, I go in. I'm, I'm going to always speak. I'm friendly. Hey, how you doing? And 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 that's it. You know, with her, you know, we. I mean, we would go. I remember this one time we went out shopping, and I, every store we went went in. This is when we first married. She walks. She walks in, and and there's a guy. I remember the security guy. She, I remember. I I never forget that store we walked in, and the security guard was standing there. And my wife doesn't just say hi. She says, hey, how you doing? And he looking at me like, I'm doing fine. This must be your brother because the way you're talking to me. You... So I had to talk to her. Stop all that, okay? <laughs> you got to be careful. When you, say, when you say, hey, how you doing like that to a man, he instantly thinks. See, how brothers, how, you know, we always think a woman is interested in us. We always, okay? And I had so, this situation happen to me. I mean, I, at my church again, the man was my mother's age. My mother worked at a bar at that time. He, the man was more than twice my age, and he sees me. I'm like, hey, can I talk to you for a second? I'm like, sure. What's going on? So we, he's like, you know, I think you're a really nice girl, a really pretty girl. I'm sitting there thinking, where is he going with this? I'm just, sitting, oh, I'm smiling at him and everything. Yeah, I think you're really nice. You're really pretty. I think you're so sweet. You know, you love the Lord. You come into church and you know, worshiping the Lord and praising the Lord and everything. And but I just need to tell you, you know, I'm just, I'm just too old for you. And I just, I think you need to find someone your own age. And, you know, just such a nice girl and everything. <laughs> That's the and Jedi I, mind trick right there, boy. And I'm standing there like, I kept a smile on my face. And in order to keep this man's ego intact, I just said, oh, okay, thank you. I appreciate that. But in my mom thinking, fool, that I want you? You are way too old for me. I have, I mean, I have no interest in you whatsoever. I mean, whatsoever. But in his mind, he thought... This little young girl must want me because she always smiling and she's so nice and she's so sweet. And so I just said, okay, thank you. That's bad. I, I appreciate it. Walked away. That's like, bad. It's crazy. <laughs> That's bad. Let's look at the next one, y'all. Y'all trying to pull us into the teaching. This is supposed to be an introduction. <clears throat> Acts 4.32. This is, a, this is a soul tie based on church family. It says, <clears throat> and the it says, and the congregation of those who believed were of one heart and one soul. And not one of them claimed that anything belonging to him was his own, but all things were common property to them. Uh, that word soul is the Greek word psyche. It's where we get the word psychological or psychiatry from. Um, it means that which is responsible for one's thoughts, feelings, and reasoning. So, a group of believers or Christians, because they spent so much time together, their thoughts and their feelings and their reasoning begin to merge as one. And it produced a soul tie. This is the reason why we know this. And for those that have been a part of us, or if you've been a part of another church, you'll know this, that if you've been a church, if you've been at church for a little while. What will happen is people who have been members for a little while. If they don't show up for about two or three weeks, everybody in the congregation starts saying, where's such, such, such? Because they miss them. 
because when you become a church family, God begins to merge you all together as one. So if one goes missing, your soul begins to miss their presence and you'll start, you know, asking, where is this individual? So this is just an example of a soul tie um, with um, a church family. And once again, with church family, same thing, you know, just because somebody comes to church. Let me say this. You know, people in the world say, I'm not going to church because they're hypocrites. Like it's holy people in the club. You know, you go to the club and it's hypocrites. You know, it's, it's people are on different levels of maturity. Okay. I've been doing this since 1993, fully, 100%, not slacking off. Okay. I made mistakes, but Stephen, you've been doing this since what, 1991? 89. We're talking about being as Christians. Okay. So we're supposed to have a whole lot more maturity. Somebody who they just got saved yesterday or only been saved for six months, well, they still might be, you know, all type of stuff and listening to certain music they have no business listening to, you know, um, you know, certain individuals. You just, as you grow in light, darkness falls away. So there's no temptation ever for me to use profanity, ever. It's been years, years, long years. Now, I mean, even when we, even when people make me mad, it doesn't even cross my mind to cuss them out. But how I many you know some of us ain't right there yet? Some of us were like, all the men say, look at Latoya. I knew her hand was going to go out immediately. I'll set it off in a second. Doesn't mean that the person is not a Christian. Doesn't mean that they don't love God. It just means that that's an area that they are growing in, and eventually that person will stop cussing less and less and less and less. Because how I many you know, sometimes you get surprise attacks. Y'all know what I mean by that? This person, that happened to us the other day. Did we tell y'all the story about us in the, in the, in the van? Going to the place? Yeah, she said, tell it. And... And maybe that was the other location. We laughed about it, but they almost got us. Satan almost got us that day. We were headed home from this location right after church. We were driving, and I think my wife wanted some wings or something, so we pulled into the place. Any of you, you've been driving, and how many know that if you're driving, when your turn is coming up, you're supposed to put your blinker on to let the person know behind you, I'm getting ready to turn, so slow down. How many ever had someone behind you, and you're just not moving fast enough to make this left-hand turn? And they just get upset. Some of y'all smiling because it was you. Yeah? So this gentleman in his car behind us, I mean, and typically I try to move a little fast so that the person has to slow down. This guy apparently thought that I was just moving too slow to make a left-hand turn. And I didn't even slow down that much. And so, so as I'm making the left-hand turn, I'm, I'm kind of crossways this way. He starts blowing on the horn. Boom! And we just both lost it. And... My, she didn't do it, but my wife's hand went just up. Her hand went up to give him that middle finger. And me, I went on head and lost it. And when he blowed, I just stopped in the middle of the street. And I just leaned on him. Every single time I just leaned on the horn, I didn't blow back. I just, ah! My wife's like, ah! Ah! I left it on in the parking lot. I'm driving to the parking lot, still with the horn. Ah! Make sure you hear this all the way down a mile down. Now, I know that's hard to imagine, sweet little old me. We got this, hit. And this anointed man of God right here. We got hit. But he just caught us at a bad moment. We, we just lost it. We Hopefully, lost when you get it. caught, the camera ain't on. One of the church members, and you ever got ready to blow the horn to somebody in front of you on the way to church? You're like, oh, wait a minute. I think they're going to the same church as me. I'm <laughs> <laughs> not do this. Okay. I mean, you get surprise attacks. So in a surprise attack, Latoya would just cuss them out. She'd be driving down the street following them. Okay. I saw two guys. I saw two guys. Ride down the street. This is no lie. I will never forget this a day in my life. Saw two guys ride down the street. Their cars were right next to each other. I don't know what happened, but they drove about a mile with their hands on the horn and their middle fingers stuck up at each other driving down the street just like this. 
<laughs> That's the most hilarious thing. I never forgot that. Okay, let's get back to the spirit, y'all. Let's... All right, next one. Genesis 34, 1 through 3. This is a soul tie based on fornication. A lot of people will meet this one. Once again, this can be restored. Genesis 34, 1 through 3. It says, and Dina, <clears throat> excuse me, I lost my place here. Let me get back here. It says, and Dina, the daughter of Leah, which she bare unto Jacob, went out to see the daughters of the land. And when Sechem, the son of Hamor, the Hivite, prince of the country, saw her, he took her, had sex with her, and defiled her. And his soul clave unto Dina, the daughter of Jacob. And he loved the damsel, he thought, and spake kindly unto the damsel. Okay? There are some people you have sex with them, and this experience was so wonderful, you will think that you are in love with them, when actually you are in love with the experience that was produced. Because you cannot love somebody meeting them the first time. You can love them with the love of God, but not that type of relationship, type of love. Okay? And this word cling or clave, it means to cling or to stick together like glue. This man had sex with this girl one time, and his emotions were stuck to her, so much so he could not get this girl off of his mind. And that's what happens with fornication or immoral sex. Immoral sex is not homosexual lesbianism sex. Moral sex is any sex that is outside of marriage, what would be fornication, adultery, homosexual, lesbian, bestiality, having sex with dead people, all the type of stuff that they're doing. Underage children, they're trying to get a law passed right now because homosexuals got their things passed. Now the pedophiles and the bestiality people are right behind them saying, well, we need our laws passed too because you can't do it for them and not do it for us. If we try to tell these fools you do this, it's going to open up a whole pit, okay? And it's all type of goofy stuff. Three, four people getting married together. All three, you, got, you got three ladies, all three of them married. They do a trio marriage. I don't know what's going on with that, okay? So, because if you don't, whatever perversion you open up, it just goes to the next level. It just goes to the next level. It just goes to the next level. And whatever you get used to, you know, can you imagine what happens in the pornographic industry? When you have a woman and a man that are having multiple sexual partners, hundreds of partners, hundreds, 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 hundreds. And that's why if you pay attention to the females, which you shouldn't be, but if you look at them, I just realized what I was saying. I just realized what I was saying. But when you look at ladies that are in the pornographic industry, you look at their faces, they have the same look. I know exactly what it is. It, it looks like a demonic creature. If you pay attention to them, you get you getting all past. Those ladies are not even beautiful to me. They just... Because when you, the more spiritual you are, the less you see the exterior. You see the real individual. That stuff is a complete turnoff. You can get to a place where even that stuff is not a temptation to say turn off. If you are turned on by it, it's a level of darkness in you. But you get to a place where it, you, you, it's just like smelling vomit. You can't even look at it because it's not real sex and it's not real love. It's perversion. Perversion is usually dressed up in a very, very beautiful package. It looks good, but it is designed to pervert you and destroy you and to take you into death and hell if possible. Okay? But when you look at that, it changes that. Let me give you this one little story right quick. I shared this yesterday. might have shared it before. Uh, this was a very strong experience that happened to me. When she mentioned, when she mentioned about um, emotional soul ties. Yeah, what time is it? Okay, we good because we only got a couple more. Emotional soul ties. I had a very strange experience years ago. I was in my house, I think I was, I was, uh, I don't know if it was 11 or if it was 1 o'clock in the morning, but either way, I was just fooling around on Xbox playing this little game that my son and I were playing. Uh, I think it might have been a little card game or something. I was playing it, and all of a sudden, like you turn on the light switch, there was a woman that went to our previous church. I had seen her, I knew who she was. Um, uh, she wasn't a bad looking girl, but I had zero attraction to her. She's not the type of girl that I would ever ask out on a date if I was single. But I remember who she was, okay? And she sang in the choir. Um, and, uh, I guess I didn't need to add that bit of information, did I? 
Okay, I don't know why I do that. Uh, so I was sitting there in my, in my house. My wife's upstairs, sleep, kids asleep. I'm fooling around on Xbox. And like you turn on the light switch, this woman's being all of a sudden was on the inside of me. I had never had thought about her ever before in my life. And it was, it was like taking me and shoving me on the inside of my wife. That's what it felt like. This woman was just in my being, and I could not turn it off. And I kept on playing the game, you know. I just kept on playing the game. And while I'm playing the game, I'm like, why can't I get this girl off of my mind, and why is she in my being? I mean, she wasn't on my mind. She was in my being. And I, and I just kept seeing her face. And I was just like, where is this coming from? This lasted for about 15, 20 minutes. And all the time, I kept on playing the game. Ladies, how many know it take brothers a long time to get something? Okay. So... And that's okay, because we think different, okay? But, but, and then as soon as it, just like it turned on, like you turn off a light switch, boom, it just turned off. And I always remember, ask God questions. I said, Lord, what was that? When I said, what was that? He then turned on a movie on the inside of me, and I had a open-like vision sitting right there with the Xbox controller in my hand. Now, this, this is a little bit graphic. Yeah, it's a little bit graphic, but... In the, in the vision, he didn't show me the details, but he showed me in her bed masturbating while thinking about me. And then it stopped. And then I, and excuse, the Lord knows how to give you something for you to fill in the dots. And then I understood how this works. That's why the scripture would say, if a man lusts after a woman in his heart, he is already committed to sin. That's why it says that. Because whatever you create in your mind, you are not a body. You are a physical light being that attracts and sends out signals. And whatever you create in your mind, you send out a signal. And that signal tries to make physical things become that reality. If I think about my wife sexually, it'll send a signal to a certain part of my body and I will have an erection thinking about here. Why? Because your body sends a signal and it tries to make the physical line up with what is in your mind. So this girl is in another spot and she's thinking about being with me. And now all of a sudden now it's, there's this force that tries to pull me in that direction. And that's how even how some adultery happens. If you go to work, you weren't thinking about that old bimbo, crazy looking dude at work. And all of a sudden now you're in the bed. And I don't know how this happened because he latched onto you and you didn't know it. You know, they have somebody in there. And when I shared this, I got in trouble at that church because, you know, they didn't want to do nothing. But but a lot of brothers came to me and said, man, you just helped me. Because I'm not trying to do nothing and I can't figure out why I can't get this girl off my mind. And it was a situation where they weren't attracted to the girl, but the girl was attracted to him. Okay, and a lot of times when you, sometimes it's worse. Once you put this on, it attracts all type of flies. I shouldn't have said that, but it's true anyway. Okay, you know what I'm saying. You know, it's just, I mean, you, you put on the ring, it's the badge of authority, it's kingship. That's what this ring means. And so there are some women that they have no problem taking down a married man. They, and they don't even care. Nowadays, okay. she'll go out. She'll tell him, I'm sorry. Wait a minute. This is what she first told me. Get these 20-year-old boys hitting on her. I'm 45. 45. Well, it don't matter. 44. She's 44. 44, thank you. 44? 44. Oh. Okay. Oh, that's right. Okay, there it is. Okay. 44. They're like, I don't care. She said, I'm married. Really don't care. I got six kids. I'll take you and the six kids. That's what's out here nowadays. He don't want her and her six kids. He wants what he sees is the exterior. He'll have an adulterous relationship with her, and then he'll be gone moving on to the next individual. Okay? And so you got to be very, very careful. The thing what you have to do more than anything else 
is you have to protect you from other men, other women, other children, other people. Protect yourself from friends. Protect yourself from business relationships. Always be careful when somebody new shows up in your life. Always be careful. Okay, I don't say you have to be all, you know, that doesn't mean that every single person is a devil, but you just have to really question when you meet a new friend, when you meet a new person, when this person walks up to you, says, hey, how you doing? You, you got to be very, very careful, particularly when you walk out in public and you run into strangers and they, you see them on aisle six. I'm really big on men protecting themselves because you have some really treacherous women out here. I mean, the Bible talks about Proverbs 5, 6, and 7. I mean, they come to take the man down. That is their purpose and so I'm really sensitive in this particular area with men in particular because you, I mean the, some crazy women so I was going to tell you an example about oh give me one second I had an example and I forgot it just that quick crazy women concerning me no 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 hmm, I lost it go ahead yeah, I, it's going to come back to her at the right moment <laughs> okay so that Genesis 34 4 through 8 It says, and Sechem spake unto his father. <clears throat> this thing keeps turning off on me. It says, Sechem spake unto his father, Hamor, saying, get me, the, this is the same story. Get me this damsel to wife. Jacob heard that he had defiled Dina, his daughter. Now his sons were with him, with his cattle in the field. Jacob held his peace until they came in. Hamor, the father of Sechem, went out to Jacob to commune with him. The sons of Jacob came out of the field when they heard it. And the men were grieved, and they were very angry. They were angry because this man had slept with his sister, their sister, because he had wrought folly in Israel in line with Jacob's daughter, which thing ought not so to be. Hamor communed with him, saying, The soul of my son, Sechem, longs for your daughter. I pray, give her him to wife. That word long means to be attached to. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's old school Baptist right there. Did y'all see that? <laughs> I'm sorry. They don't even know what you're talking about on the tape. It just took me back. Woo! That's how you do it. The kid fell asleep and the mama did it right in front of everybody. That's how you do it. Yes, sir. It took me back. I understand, son. I got it, too. That's all right. It's just a badge of honor and everything. He's not appreciating it, but that's all right. It happened to me. I didn't mean to just jerk off the message. My wife was like, are you crazy? It just brought back some memories of my mama popping me in the service. Where was I at? So it means to be attached to. So this man has sex with this girl one time and his emotions were locked in, locked in, locked in. That's the worst thing to have sex with somebody that you're never supposed to be attached to. Now they are attached to you and you are attached to them. And all of you know it. You had sex with somebody. You thought it was a relationship. It created an emotional tie. And when that thing was broken off, you were sick. How many of you got sick over somebody? Okay. Happened to me one time. It lasted for about a day. I met her three months later. Okay. And I'm so glad. Jesus, I'm so glad. You have no idea how glad I am. All his dreams came yes, true. Yes, all my dreams came true. <laughs> and and, and everyone on Facebook and seen somebody that you were in a relationship with like 10 years ago. You just lift your hands. Father, I just want to thank you for your grace and mercy. Opening up my eyes that I might see because I was about to marry Godzilla. I never mentioned her name, but I was about to marry Godzilla. She was Godzilla for real. She said, move on. I can't. I'm just so glad I didn't marry that girl. She was the devil. I wouldn't be standing up here right now. All right. Proverbs 632. About to close. It says, whoso commits adultery. <clears throat> excuse me. Whoso commits adultery with a woman lacks understanding. He that doeth it destroys his own soul. It means 
to corrupt, to pervert, to injure yourself, and you begin to rot like a piece of wood if that goes unchanged or unrepented of. 1 Corinthians 6.18, it says, flee immorality. Immorality is any sex outside of marriage. It says, every other sin that a man commits is outside the body, but the immoral man sins against his own body. We have never begun to understand how sex outside of marriage, it literally destroys you, but you don't see it on the front end. You see it on the back end. There are a lot of men who become impotent over this because they don't understand that they are destroying your body. They have to create medication, different things like that. Okay. Um, uh, sexual dysfunctions, all those different type of things. The sex drive can turn off. Uh, see, it's, it's in the beginning. Bible talks about the pleasure of sin for a season. Um, it seems good, but after a little while, then the thing gets old, then it becomes corruptive and corrosive, and then it just begins to kill you. Now, this is a, what you call a one-sided soul tie, 2 Samuel chapter 13, 1 and 2. It says, now, it was after this that Absalom, the son of David, had a beautiful sister. This was his half-sister, whose name was Tamar, and Amnon, the son of David, loved her. Amnon was so frustrated because of his sister that he made himself ill, for she was a virgin, and it seemed hard for Amnon to do anything to her. That word frustrated means to bind and to be vexed because of it. It means to tie yourself to someone. Now, this is what you call a one-sided soul tie, and that is this man never even touched this girl. He just saw her. And as a result of watching her, he fell in love with her and he was so much in love with her that it says that he became sick. It doesn't mean he made himself sick. It means that he became sick because he was so consumed with being with this woman, his physical body started to shut down. He had no sex whatsoever. So this proves that you can have soul ties to somebody or somebody can have a soul tie to you. Sometimes that's called fatal attraction. Anybody ever dealt with that? Maybe you were the one that was doing it. Maybe I'll put my hand in <laughs> Usually when that happens, they would have run. That's all right. We've been there. But and I'll put it this way. How many of you, you did not have sexual relations with this individual, but you start falling before them so much, you just, you were just messed up on the inside. Raise your hand if you're sure. See, they're trying to turn Catholic on me. I just sat up here and did all this ghetto stuff and all this, and now they're trying to sit up here and pretend. That's all right. Okay. Okay. Well, it's true anyhow. Okay, but there are individuals that they can attach themselves to you. You see this, you know, I, God forbid this ever happens to me, but my previous pastor, there was a woman that got so infatuated with him that she took the flyers. Y'all seen the flyers of our family, of our family, my wife and I? Well, what she did was she got all of the flyers, and what she did was is that she cut out his uh, wife's picture, and she pasted her picture. How many know that's crazy? Then it goes deeper. Then had the nerve to stand in front of the church as the people were coming out to service and hand each person a flyer and said, hey, I'm just letting you know I'm the new pastor's wife. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine a woman taking our flyers? She cut my woman's head off, put her hair there instead. When we dismiss the service, give everybody a hug, we'll see y'all next Sunday. There's a woman standing at the door saying, yes, I'm just letting you know. I'm walking you to the service next Sunday. I'm the new pastor's wife. The next scene, uh, it's her in a casket, huh? With my wife's foot on it in time. Can I get an amen? <laughs> she would set it off. Stop those up. She would set it off. All right. So we're just opening this up. You know, these are examples. I wanted to show you from the scripture that soul ties are completely clear. It is evident from scripture that there are soul ties, but it's not just with sex. 
It can be created with business. It can be created with sororities. Okay, the Lord told me, I said this was probably for a word for a man that's going to listen by the media page, but you know the, the Masons. Y'all familiar with the Masons? Okay, well, when you get into these secret type of organizations, what happens is there's something behind the scenes where you are inducted into this organization. Okay, and it comes, by, it comes through words. The most important soul tie that is ever created is through words. Father, I now take Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. And a spiritual transaction happens. You now become tied to what Jesus did 2,000 years ago, and you become tied to an internal being. So you have secret societies, and they make you take an oath. When you take the oath, you are now tied to the first ceremony, including witches and demons that were present. And now that thing 2,000 years ago is tied to you, and it begins to control your life. You don't even know it. So we got to talk about all of those things, friendship ties, all business ties, all those different type of things. Okay. All right. I want to leave you on a good note. Psalm 23, 1 through 3. Psalm 23. Now, how many of you know that's bad news if this can't be reversed? Because some of us are married, and, and I know uh, there was a gentleman yesterday. He said, man, I was, he said, I was deleting numbers in my phone while you were preaching. <laughs> you know, <laughs> this is hilarious. And, and, and you got to look at this. But just want to give you these scriptures. Psalm 23. One through three, it says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not lack. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me besides quiet waters. He restores my what? Soul. So anything that you lost, like the million dollar example that I gave, anything that you lost can be restored by the kingdom of God. Psalm 19:7. it says that the law of the Lord is perfect restoring the what soul testimony of the Lord is sure making wise the simple Romans 12 1 through 2 it says therefore I urge you brethren by the mercies of God to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice acceptable to God which is your spiritual service of worship do not be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that word is transformed you can be transformed into something that you were not before, positive and negative. You can be a positive person and transformed into something negative. You can be negative and transformed right back into something positive. That's one of it's the mysterious side of the kingdom of God is that no matter what you've done, they can reverse the reality of it. And then the last one is 1 John 1, 9. <clears throat> 1 John 1, 9 says, if, that's the key word, if we confess our sins, God is faithful and just and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I'm going to thank God for that. But it's two things there. Two things there. Um, you should feel bad. We all should feel bad about mistakes, but not bad to the point where it's like, oh, I got to hold on to it. No, you got to walk away. Say, you know what? Today is the last day that I do things my way. And God said, not only will he forgive you, But he said, I will cleanse you from the ramifications of what you did. It would be the equivalent of you telling your son he has on a white shirt. You tell that boy, go outside and don't play in that mud. But the mud looks attractive to him. I mean, dirt usually looks attractive to boys. Okay, so he goes out there and he plays in the mud and he comes back and he says, Mama, I'm sorry. I went and disobeyed you. Okay, forgiving him is one thing. Okay, but then what you do is you take his shirt, you put it in the washing machine and you give it back to him. And the shirt never looks like he was in the mud. That's what God does with our lives if 
we repent and if we confess it. He said, now, if you confess this thing, that's all I need from you to do is just own up to it and say, Lord, I just slept with about 200 people. Okay, I didn't act a complete fool, etc. I got a friend of mine named Nathaniel Flock. Okay, homosexual man, been with 200 men. He'd been feeling this way since he was five. Been with 200 men, 200 men. And uh, he got saved, but he still had the feelings because he had his soul was tied to 200 men. Okay, and then one day he said, Lord, I confessed every single thing that I did wrong. And he said, I now reject all of the feelings that I have. And I only accept the feelings that come with being a heterosexual man, the way that you created me. The next day he woke up and he said he only had an attraction for a woman. Now he's married with two beautiful children. And he's in the ministry. You sometimes will hear people in that lifestyle say, I asked God to change me. And he didn't because you ask him, but you really didn't want him to change you in your heart. Don't pay attention to people to say that, okay? Because we've all done that. How many of you have prayed a prayer and you really didn't mean it? <laughs> Lord, if you just get out of me, get me out of this situation, you're in jail. Oh, Lord, if you just get me away from Bruno. Oh, God, I'll serve you. I'll be your international evangelist. I'll tithe. I'll do the right thing. I'll live holy. And, and then if somebody mysteriously bails you out. You at the club on Friday celebrating the fact that you got out of jail. <laughs> so we say stuff, but don't mean it. Okay, so people can go to God all day long. Lord, I need you to cleanse me of this perversion and boom, boom, boom. Nothing happens because he knew you were just talking. God sees your heart, not your language. Okay, but God can can clean you up for everything. Okay, so we're not going to lay hands on people or do anything like that. But in a moment, I'm going to have you stand and we're going to say a general prayer. And the reason why I'm saying a general prayer, this is not a teaching where where you can just lay hands on people, say a general prayer. This has to be individual responsibility. You have to get before God and say, Lord, I'm learning about soul ties. I'm learning the ramifications of the mistakes that I have made in the past. And I did some things out of disobedience. Others I did out of ignorance. But I need you to show me if there's anything in my life that I need to change. Okay. For some of you, it might be I need to stop having sex if I'm not married. Okay. People all talk about, never mind. Stop having sex if you're not married. You keep going down that path. You're saying I'm willingly destroying my own self and the devil comes right into your life and will make sure. Always remember this, you all. Anything that is the word and you do the opposite is because you are afraid that if you do it the right way, you won't get your desire. And And so because of that mindset, you go and do your own thing. And yet the desire doesn't come because you're in the mode of doing something based on not getting the truth. So you you hit when you do it the wrong way. You say, Lord, forgive me. I got to get rid of this. Like, like the guy did yesterday. Go through your phone. I do that. I do that about once every three months. I go through my phone. Delete, 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 delete. Waste of time. I don't even know how I put you in my phone. Then I go to the phone. I don't even know how you got here. I don't even know who you are. Delete, delete, delete. Every once in a while, I delete one of y'all and I have to call. You call me. Oh, I'm sorry, man. I deleted you by accident. It was an accident because I was moving too fast. So I delete like crazy. But you got to let the Holy Spirit, you got to spend time in the Word, spend time in prayer and let the Lord reveal to you faces, names current friends, relationships, business ties, okay? It might be pictures that you need to get rid of, okay? Some people were talking about how, you know, ladies, if you spent time with men and he bought you lingerie and perfume, you might need to throw that stuff away. It's no bite. Do it. Get rid of it. (laughs) Okay? She's not as nice as... Okay? Uh, All of those things, gifts, uh, cards, um, poems... Um, you have to really took an accurate look at your life. Now, now we're not saying that if you had intimate relations with somebody on the couch that you got to throw the whole couch away. Okay, 
But for somebody else, that's why it's individual. But somebody else, they may need to throw the couch away. Depending or, the, or the mattress. You said mixed families? It depends. I mean, it depends. We're going to touch that, too. Yeah, we're going to definitely talk about that. But it just, because you have to, and see, that's what I mean by, I can't just sit up, sit up here and tell you. Okay? If you had sex in your apartment, move to another one. If you had an adulterous affair in the basement of your house, you got to buy another one. If it was in the backseat of the car, trade it in and get something. I can't do all of that. People be asking me for loans. Man, you got me in a situation now I'm walking. Okay? It has to be individual because the Holy Spirit knows what to bring to your attention. And when he does, he'll bring it to you in a gentle form, in a gentle fashion. You'll be sitting there when you, you ask God a question. He is not schizo. He will answer your question. Lord, is there anything that I need to do? He'll bring something to your attention that you forgot about. Okay? It just And for some of you, it may not be anything. For some of you, it may be a whole lot. For some of you, it may happen today. You may already know. For some of you, he'll bring something to your attention maybe in a week. Or he'll bring something to your attention as we continue down this series. But the thing is, is to remember, God is your father. He knows best. And particularly people that are single. You know, like my wife, you know, tells women all the time. You know, you have women who say, you know, they're taking all of our men. Okay, I told them, first of all, no man belongs to you unless you marry, number one. Number two, like my wife always says, you only need one man. Okay, so, okay, and, and getting mad at somebody else because they marry somebody else or marry somebody from a, what we call a different race is no such thing. Y'all, you're shooting your own self in the foot because what you're saying is, watch this, they're taking all our good man. Then you wonder why no one shows up to your life because you believe that they are taken. God has something tailor made for you or you latch on to a lower level man or a lower level woman. And as long as you latch on to the lower level, the higher level will not be sent. You have to reject whatever you reject. You always get the opposite. And there are some people, particularly single people that are in relationships with a man or a woman. And you know that this individual is raggedy. You know this individual is not going to lead you to the promised land. You know this individual is going to sit down for the rest of their life and play Xbox all day long. They ain't thinking about increasing intellectually, physically. They're not thinking about nothing. They just want to use you for the rest of their life. And you keep hanging on to this sorry sucker. And then boom, you wonder why nothing else. Nothing else can show up. Because first you got to get rid of this sorry individual. Then you need time for the soul tie to break. And you get healed before something else healthy comes along. Except a slave, you never get a king. So I have a couple things that I wanted to say. I remember my point from earlier, but the first thing I want to say is sex outside of marriage is really, really important, women and men, because sometimes we'll tell ourselves it's okay because we're going to get married, or it's okay because we're in love, and it's not okay because what if something happens? I mean, there have been many, many people who were engaged, had a ring and everything, and did not get married. So you want to just really save that special thing for that special someone on your wedding night not any time before and don't make excuses for yourself just don't indulge in it because it's, it's a soul tie is like soul ties like super glue where when you're trying to break away it's a tearing away it's damages caused to both individuals there's pain there's a whole lot that happens there so you want to just stay away from that part and the example or I, not really an example but the story i wanted to share earlier was about men really protecting themselves and women too but men in particular because there are some women who are really sent for your demise and we have a really good friend who's in ministry. He was working on a job and displeased with his wife in some areas. And this woman was the exact profile of what he desired. Physically, intellectually, emotionally, she was the exact profile of what he desired. And she was nice and sweet and she was after him. She was after this dude. 
And I was telling my husband, he's got to get out. If he is not able to withstand her advances, he needs to find another job. And you really have to protect yourself. Getting rid of phone numbers, not letting people have access to you via email, phone numbers, text message. No, when you get married, you need to change your phone number. You don't want old dudes and old women from the past now texting you because they don't know you got married. And now they try to enter back into your life and they have no right to be in your life. So this guy was on this job and was having problems with this woman. And it was the exact composite of what he desired. I was like, tell this dude he's going to have to find something else. I know it's harsh, but he needs to get out before this girl takes him down. He ended up getting laid off. Right there, he got laid off. I'm like, thank God, because that boy's about to lose his family, lose his ministry, lose his children, possibly even lose his life dealing with this woman because she was not a godly woman at all. She didn't care that he was married, that he was in ministry. She didn't care. She didn't care. She just wanted what she wanted, and she was going to take that brother down. And don't think, don't think that because you get closer to God that you are now uh, exempt. Mm -hmm. sometimes, Invincible. Sometimes it gets worse as you get closer yeah. to God. Yeah. You know, I always tell, uh, that, that's something that I just realized. Jesus sought his father's faith for 40 days with no food. He fasted for 40 days in prayer. And the scripture never says anything about what God said for the 40 days. It says what Satan said for the entire 40 days. I had an experience one time, there's a big uh, island, five miles circumference in Detroit called Belle Isle. And my wife, we were married at the time. And uh, I went out there early in the morning. This is when I was, a season when I was spending long amounts of time in prayer. I'd go out there and spend eight, nine hours of prayer. And I was on, on this side of the island, is about two and a half miles. And I was the only car on that side of the island, okay? And I have to park my car in the street and you have to walk a ways all the way through all of this grass to get by the river. I have my Bible there, my chair there, etc. Okay, so I got a phone call, talking to call, and I noticed, you know, at that, did I, have, I think I had a Porsche. That was when I had the Porsche. So it's the only car on this side of the island. I'm there to seek the Lord's face, to birth out stuff, praying tongues for eight hours. A little red sports car pulls right up to my bumper, and I was on the phone, just taking a quick phone call before I got back to prayer. And so I'm looking, you know, and this is how I think. I'm, I'm talking on the phone, but in my mind. What fool is going to sit up here and pull right behind me all this three mile space on the whole side of the island you got to pull up right next to me. And so I'm looking at this. I'm the only car on this island. Then out jumps this young girl, attractive girl. And so I'm, I'm th and then she jumped out with a blanket. And she, she got a little blanket and everything. And you know, now the women, as soon as the chick got out, they would have been like, oh, here come Jezebel, here come the devil. Now brothers, we got to figure and analyze things out and all that type of stuff. And so, so, so she gets out the car, now I'm looking, I'm still having a phone conversation, and then she does this. What do you think I did? This dummy wigs back. Because <laughs> I'm thinking, I told you brothers are slow. I'm thinking, oh, I must have went to high school with her. It must be one of my neighbors. You know, somebody from the church that I recognize. This type of stuff we do. We don't think, man. The women are like, man, I'll cut you behind. Okay. Oh, way back. And so I'm still on the phone, and then she keeps, she keeps walking to me, and she's smiling. I mean, she's smiling like, you are my man. And so it hit me. I mean, no brother slow, but when we get it, we get it. I was like, I did like this on the phone. Oh, I said, hey, I got to call you back. And that girl walked right up to me, set her, my stuff is right here. She walked right next to me, set her blanket right there on the ground next to mine and smiled. This ain't no time for no prayer. This ain't no time for no word. This ain't no time of do you need counseling? Did, did the Holy Spirit send to you for his personal ministry? This is you get on your bicycle. Well, oh, you, you better ride. run. I packed up my stuff, got right in my nice Porsche, and drove all the way home with no prayer time that day.
said a lot to say that when you become more spiritual, the enemy is going to hand, they handcraft the perfect environment for you to fall into. Because I remember this, when you start living right, okay, you stretch the rubber band and eventually they start breaking. Your past starts breaking. When, it's, when you start breaking the past, guess what the devil does? He starts bringing new rubber bands. Put you back in the cycle again. And you gotta know how to hold yourself. If I'm the only person on the planet, if I have no friends and no associates, no nothing, then so let it be. Because there'll be a season in your life where you will be alone in order for you to pay the price to have the highest level. Go ahead and stand. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Glory to God, hallelujah. Blessed be your holy name. So everyone, go ahead and lift your hands for a moment. We're going to say this prayer over you. Blessed be your holy name, oh God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Glory to God, hallelujah. Oh, we thank you, oh Father God. Father, in the name of Jesus, every single person that is here, under the sound of our voice, every person that will listen to this around the world on our media page, we pray for them right now, oh Lord God. We know that we have fallen into things because of ignorance, even because of rebellion and disobedience, always because of blindness, oh Lord God, many a times because of the devil blinding our ways, not knowing what is right, not even being taught or seen what has been right. But we know, oh Father God, that there is nothing that men and women have fallen into that the blood of Jesus Christ did not pay for them to rise out of. There is no such thing as being in a pit that we cannot come out of. There is no such thing as getting in a web that cannot be untied. And so we thank you, Lord God, that during this series, that every single person will be restored 100%. Those, oh Lord God, who have fallen into sexual immorality, we thank you that you will restore them back to the status of virgin. We thank you, Lord God, that those that are in marriage relationships and have hangups and hindrances because of past soul ties, we thank you that those things will be destroyed. Now, Holy Spirit, you are the one who teaches us to profit, leads us and guides us in the way that you would have us to go. And so every single person that is here and listening by media page, give them their own individual instructions on what to do. For we know, oh Lord God, that our past are different. Our situations and our circumstances are different. So the instructions, oh Father God, in order for these things to be broken, must be different for every single individual, tailor-made for every single individual. So, oh Lord, according to your wisdom, to your word in James, you said that if any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God and it will be given to him liberally. So I pray, oh Lord God, and we believe we receive that for every single person listening to this, oh Lord, that you will give them the individual instructions. Show them the faces, oh Lord God, that they need to repent of. Show them the individuals that they need to call out in prayer to break these ties. Show them the pictures and the gifts and the material things, oh Lord God, that must be thrown away. We thank you, Lord God, that you will lead us and that you will guide us in the way that you would have us to go. By faith, we believe, oh Lord God, that every person will be restored to kingship. Every person will be restored to queenship. We thank you, Lord God, that every marriage relationship will go to the next level. We thank you, Lord God, for giving the single people the ability to stand. Thank you, Lord God, those who are dating, that you will show them if that person is the right person for them and that they will make a decision to marry to do things right. Thank you, O oh Lord God, that as we do these things, we will be a clean people, a holy people. And as a result, light will shine from us, O oh Lord God, that will affect this entire planet. Prosperity and blessings, O oh Lord God, pleasures and desires will not be withheld from us. Because you said that when a man's ways please the Lord, even his enemies are made to submit. So we thank you, O oh Lord God, for doing these things in the lives of these people. And we bless you for it. In Jesus' name we pray.
Go ahead and lift your hands. Give God thanks for that right now. Father, we bless you and we honor you and magnify you and give you thanks. Glory and honor. Thank you, Lord.